Hello and welcome to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And we are on episode five. Can you believe that, Crystal? No, I can't. Time is just zooming by. It sure is. I um I, I was um when I was figuring out which one we were on, I thought, man, we have already jumped to episode five. So Crazy. um that's exciting. Yeah. So we we are going to talk about the church layout today. I sent it to you in Messenger. Yes. So if you want to follow along with me, um, let me pull it up myself. <laughs> okay. Okay. So one of the things that um, everybody talks about a lot with good reason is the church layout and where Missy entered the church, where the perp entered the church, um, areas that were broken into you know, all the details of where everything happened. So for all of our listeners, um, we are going to post the picture of the church layout that we are actually looking at right now so that when you're listening to this, you will be able to follow along with us. So pull it up. It'll be on our Facebook page and we'll put it on our Instagram page and it's going to be True Crime Broads on Instagram and True Crime Broads on Facebook and find the picture because it's going to be much easier for you to be able to follow along just like it is for us. Um, and then also another thing to keep in mind, of course, it's the way it's sitting. It's not the actual way that it's sitting um, where the actual church is. So you would actually take it and turn it, um, let's see, counterclockwise? Yeah, kind of to the left? Yeah, you would tilt it to the left, the top left-hand corner needs to go to the left more and that number 15 yellow needs to go to the right more right correct so that covered porch area is actually going to be kind of where the 15 is and that's going to be the closest part to the road but and by the road, do, do, you mean 287 right correct the highway you're right not the road the highway yeah so just for the sake of people knowing that it's not exactly like this you know on the property but anyway but for the sake of being able to do it, and I think there is an aerial view that um, somebody put a put a church layout, but I don't think it has as much detail as this one does. So I'm going to have to see if at some point I can put this one on top of the church, uh, the aerial view, and then it'll be exactly like it's supposed to be. And it'll make much more sense. So yeah, anyway. and we can post that aerial one just to give people a sense of how it sits on the property at least. That'd be good. Yeah. That'd be a good idea. Okay. So, so anyway, just keep that in mind to our listeners as you're, you know, following along with us. But anyway, go to our Facebook page, pull it up, and then you can follow us, follow along with us on here. So anyway, so you see the covered porch area. So that is the awning that Missy pulls up underneath and whenever she has her Camp Gladiator classes and they either have it under the awning or maybe in the parking lot if there's, you know, no inclement weather. And then if it's really bad, raining hard or really cold, they go inside and have it inside in the worship center. So she is going, she enters right there in the, the awning area and the, the arrows, the purple arrows are um, where she enters. And there's a diagram um, on this map that shows what all the different things mean but I'll kind of go through it as, as I can tell. Okay. So anyway, so the, we believe from what we have read in the search warrant and different, different documents and correct me if I'm wrong, Crystal, cause you know, sometimes those documents confuse me. Um, we believe the perpetrator entered at, give me a second. <laughs> now that I'm looking at it. Okay. So 
we believe that he entered at the top left corner this well actually i'm sorry right there where it says seven yes that's the kitchen yes the kitchen area so we've 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 heard a couple different um scenarios we we've heard that he entered through the kitchen area but there's also a where it says porch between room five and six there's an actual area right there that has steps so it was said I think more times than the kitchen area that he entered there and then had went into the kitchen area. So we're not real sure which one, but nevertheless, one of those two areas is where we believe that the perpetrator entered the church. Now, isn't the entrance with the steps outside? I thought that was on the right-hand side. I thought that was the Northeast entry. Am I remembering that wrong? Yes, it is. Well, it's actually, I'm sorry, it's actually the Northwest, because remember the church is, this this whole thing is going to be tilted to the left. So that Northwest entry you're talking about, which is close to the kitchen, that's the door that has the outside steps that you walk up to get to the door? Yeah, and there's actually two okay. of those. There's one on one side and one on the other side, and, and they don't really show it on here, so it's kind of confusing, but I mean, I can only imagine that it's hard to even put this together so this is a pretty good one it's probably one of the better ones that I've seen right Um, there's actually another one but it has some conflicting information as far as like the kitchen area and a couple of rooms so we just went with this one because this one looks like it's the best one as far as what we know but yeah there's another kit there's two porch areas what they're calling a porch but it's like steps and then it's like a incline Uh, kind of a covered area porch area and then you go through a door and then you go through another set of doors and then get into the church okay sounds good to my my understanding and from pictures that we've seen so okay so anyway so the perpetrator in in one of these two areas and i believe that they're stating on this particular layout the number seven is where uh the kitchen area is where they entered and it has a black arrow pointing down so the perpetrator entered there And of course, I don't know exactly all of their footsteps, but if you look down towards the bottom where there's the room number two on the left and you see the black arrows. Okay. So in the video, uh, there's surveillance video of the church, Creekside Church of Christ, where the perpetrators walking around the church for all of our listeners so they can know exactly what we're talking about. The part where the perpetrator is um, walking over and they're, Uh, trying to ever so gently, and I say this every time (laughs) because that's my opinion, ever so gently trying to break into one of the doors, you know, where he's, he or she has the tool in the door and they're kind of tapping it with a hammer. Yes. Okay. So that is the location he or she is at is right there at number two. Well, actually it's number one. He's, I think they're, they start walking. It's they're shown on camera starting at number two that arrow right there by the room number two and they start walking and right there where that X is, is that's where they're trying to break into that room. And is that where they're standing and people say it looks like a feminine stance? Yes, that's it. And he or she, they're putting the tools in and out of their vest. Yes, that's correct. And so that's the part where the camera catches them and they're kind of standing there and, and then they start walking off and they, um, They start walking around this corner and that's where the camera switches over to the one where you're watching them walk from behind. And 
so they walk towards this direction and then they go in a couple. Okay. So the one room that, hang on, let me think for a second. Okay. Yeah, that's right. The one room that the perpetrator is opens the door and it's a half door for like childcare or whatever for babies, little, you know, for the children or whatever. I believe that's room 21. So they stop there because it shows a stop. They stop there, they open the door, they go in, they come right back out, and they take off walking again. And then they stop at 20, and then they, and then it, it kind of doesn't show them because the door that's opened on the children's center or whatever it's called, um, it kind of blocks the view of them. So the next thing you see is them walking back where you see the arrows coming back the other direction, kind of in that same area. Yes. And then there's a opening to the worship center and they turn there and when they do they turn and look towards the camera and you see that they have the uh, flashlight on their head yes or on their helmet or whatever and then they walk okay so that is what all of that means and then there's a couple of things on here that shows like there's a camera there there's a camera there and so forth so that is explaining all of those marks on there and also the the uh grid on that hallway that's to the left of the worship center that is so that people know that that's the hall where that where the perpetrators walking up and down and you know you see the the grid on the you know the tiles or whatever right so that's kind of how that all goes now the next part i was kind of um I don't really know, a, a bit, for lack of a better word, I don't really know exactly what to call it, but I was kind of um, shocked, I guess you could say, when I found out that the room, that the perpetrator, so at the very end of the video, and it's not very long, so, you know, the very end of it, they walk out of a door, and you see the top of their head, mm-hmm. and you see them walk over, and then they show, I think it switches over to another camera, like, instantly, doesn't it? I think so. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. Okay. And then they, you see their feet and you see them walking. And then all of a sudden they start um, breaking a window of some sort. You can see the glass falling down and you see there's something in their hand and that's been a big issue. What is it in their hand? And everybody's trying to guess what it is. Okay. So that area is, if you look on the map, on the layout, there's a room 10 on the right that's yellow Mm -hmm. and then there's a room nine that's blue on the left Mm -hmm. that is actually that area now i don't know why there's no video shown in those areas unless there's just not any cameras and it doesn't really show that there are any here but that bottom right area looks to be like another porch Mm -hmm. so i'm not really sure why there's not a camera there or maybe it just didn't activate i don't know right but anyways that area right there is going to be the part where you just see them coming out of a door. So they're actually coming out of room 10. And I'm trying to remember. Can you tell what it what it's saying with the square on the red? Because I can't see the definition on my screen. Um, Does it show you? It is. Oh, it just says 150 to 215. And they're talking about um, cameras. Ooh, that's the part of the, the video. video. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's about right. Well, I thought it was that towards the end, but anyway, so 
the perpetrator comes out of that room. Like I said, they come and they start breaking the glass yeah, on the room. The video. You're right. Yeah. They start breaking the, I just thought maybe it was saying a camera or something, but anyway, um, so they start, uh, breaking the window there and then the video ends and, um, it, you know, tells you, you know, if you have any information about this crime, please call, you know, yeah. this number. Um, so anyway, in, in looking at this, it really helped me, um, kind of visualize kind of somewhat what happened. Of course, the for everybody listening, this is obviously speculation, um, but it does give you a good idea of how this kind of all went out watching the video and then seeing it, you know, on the church layout. So to my understanding and, and looking at some different posts that Missy had made in the past and so forth, um, again, she always said, you know, even if it's raining, we're still training. And then most of the time it was, you know, we have cover under the awning and so forth. But the rule of thumb was, is that if it was really inclement weather, like the rain was going sideways or it was just, you know, a downpour or it was really windy or, or it was like super, super cold. Yes. They would always do it inside. So, and I, I know I had talked about this before that it was that the, that the police were wrong about him being, doing the class inside because she had said that we have cover under the awning, but she was going inside the church. We don't know if she was going inside the church to just unlock it so that they had restroom usage or what the deal was. But nevertheless, we're just going to, for the sake of this, we're going to say that she was going inside because the weather was really bad. It had been raining for, I, I know a good 24 hours at least. I don't really remember back then, but I'm sure, but I know it had been like a monsoon for quite yeah, a while. Yeah, it was a so. very rainy morning that morning. Yeah. And so, um, so I'm just, we're just going to say for the sake of that, that they were going to have it inside. I mean, and they show that video on, um, well, I won't call it a video, the HLN, HLN segment yes. that they did. Yes. The first, the, one of the things that they show is, is the person that's playing Missy go inside with workout equipment. Yes. And they, and the police were seen taking, um, stuff out of the church for, um, you know, um, evidence so I'm just assuming that that's correct right so so back to the okay so the perpetrator goes from room 10 into room 9 and you're thinking okay why are they going in there well if you look at the layout of the church the worship center has an area 14 on one side if you're facing the stage and uh, room 9 to the left of the stage so we don't really know exactly what that is but let's just say for the sake of figuring all this out that the perpetrator goes in there and hides in room nine. Mm-hmm. So Missy comes in down here at the covered porch area. She walks in. Um, there is a door. There's actually two entrances to the worship center, one on the right and one on the left of the area in the middle. And that is where from pictures that we have seen on Facebook of the camp gladiators uh, working out and different things, they have worked out in this room before yes so let's just say she walks in she enters that room and starts putting her stuff up so that she can get it set up for everyone for class and the perpetrator is hiding in room or in this nine i'm not sure exactly what they have that labeled as can you see that either because i don't know why i can't see my Mm. i can see these but i can't see what it's saying they are i am looking hang on uh okay I don't know. It's like, I don't think it's actually, oh, perp stop is what that black oval means. 
So every time there's yeah. a black oval on here, it means the perp stopped there. Uh, does it say black what, oval? Um, does it say what room nine is though? Oh, um, no, I don't see that anywhere. Okay, all right. I just wondered if I had because I never really looked at that because I was kind of, you know, because I had it in my. You know how you have it in your head a different way mm-hmm. when you're, you're hearing it or reading it or whatever. And then when you actually look at this, I'm like, this is not even close to what I was thinking that it was going to be like. But anyway, so apparently the perpetrator and this is just my thinking and you tell me what you think but i i'm thinking that now that that at the end of the video he breaks into here he stays in there until missy enters on this other side coming from the covered porch area walks in and he either you know who knows says something startles or whatever and at that point he does something and she takes off running maybe back out and right here on the grid tile floor where you see the grid on the layout. Yes. She assuming she took off running out the door and ran up this way. And there is a struggle there. And there is a, uh, what was it that it said? Remember the glass, the vestibule or something? Yeah, I actually, um, as I was waiting for you to get on, I looked that up in the um, Ellis County CSI report. And uh-huh. it's, I sent it to a messenger. Um, if you want to pop that open and look along with me, it says um, this is um, this is Fitzgerald, uh, Sergeant Joe Fitzgerald. He was called to the scene um, on that Monday morning. He arrived at 7:25 a.m. and he processed the crime scene. MPD simply um, didn't have the equipment to um, process the crime scene, so um, Ellis County came in and did it. So Ellis County Sheriff's Department, and that is the document that we are looking at. It's the CSI department, I mean, um, Mm -hmm. CSI um, document, and um, it it says that he arrives on location at the Church of Christ. The church is located north side of 287. As he drove onto the property, um, he saw um, other officers that were blocking incoming traffic. I'm kind of scanning through this. Um, I observed uh-huh. un- ununiformed Midlothian officers standing next to yellow police tape. There was, um, let's see, um, he was in charge of the crime scene control log. The tape was marking off the South Breezeway entrance for the church. Inside the yellow uh-huh. tape was a four-door um, Ford truck, and that was Missy's truck. It was positioned facing west underneath an awning, and the front passenger okay. door and the truck lid were wide open. And um, it gives the truck um, license plates, but they've marked that out. It was redacted from this document before they gave it to us. Um, that's mm-hmm. when um, Sergeant Fitzgerald um, meet, starts meeting with um, Commander Kevin Johnson. And we've discussed him on previous podcasts. Um, Commander Johnson and I briefly spoke and I was directed to Sergeant Tim Scott. Tim Scott um, led um, Fitzgerald and another officer inside the church. We walked through the South Breezeway doors into the main foyer to the north side of the church. I saw a white female lying on her back. She was wearing workout style clothes. There were large areas of pooled blood and pieces of broken glass scattered all over the floor. After viewing the body, we were asked to process the truck that was under the awning. They were pretty vague. He was pretty vague in this report about the location of her body. Um, he right. says they went through the breezeway. Let me go back to that part. Um, we went, 
Okay. Um, sorry, I lost the place. Here we go. Um, let us through the south breezeway doors to the main foyer to the north side of the church. Okay. So where do you think they entered when they say South Breezeway? I'm thinking map. the covered awning area. I, that's where I'm thinking. Where? The covered the the covered porch, the awning oh, area where, where, where Missy put the truck. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, he called that the South Breezeway, and then they walked into the main foyer. So that's where those main. Do you think that's where that main entrance is that they had? locked because he couldn't go in they had to go around oh maybe so and then um he says we walked through the south breezeway doors into the main foyer to the north side of the church and that's where his description of the location of her body stops yeah so it's not real descriptive yeah it's not real descriptive And, and the reason that that we and i say we correct me if i'm wrong but the reason that we think that it's her body was possibly right here in the porch area. So if you're looking at the church layout on the left side, it says porch and there's like a turquoise colored area, which they do that with all of the porch areas so that, that you can know that's kind of the foyer area. And then you walk into the, the main area for the hallway. And we believe that her body was found there. And the reason is because on here somewhere, it says that there are, wait a minute, let me back up. We'll also post a picture of this. There's a picture of the perpetrator um, when they are walking from the room one and there's an X there and they're walking south. Um, There's a table there. Well, there's also another table from our understanding around the uh, main foyer area right there at the front of the, the actual front of the church. And we think that that she ran out of the worship center and ran that direction. Maybe she was trying to get to that door because it was the closest to leave. I'm not sure. Yeah. And we think that's where she was at because that is where another one of those tables were. And since there was glass all around her, we think that that, that altercation happened there and and that's where exactly because also we had some inside information from a long time um creekside member he and his wife have gone there ever since the doors opened they literally were at the church before they turned into that church and they moved over there with them when it opened so he was saying that when they were at church after missy's death there one of those tabletops was shattered and gone and they replaced it very quickly he said like maybe the next week i'm not sure what he meant by quickly Mm -hmm. So I really think that, you know, we've talked about this so much, but I think that since we don't have any evidence that the um, perpetrator had broken a window during the struggle, all we can really think of is that Missy and the perpetrator somehow smashed that table down during the struggle. And that must be the glass that was around Missy when her body was found. Um, I guess it's possible the perpetrator could have thrown something at her made of glass, but we just haven't heard anything that there would be anything like that there. So that's really all I could come up with was that it was that one of those tabletops. Yeah. And that's, it, that's exactly what I was thinking too, because of, and, and, and the way that um, they describe everything, I think that maybe they were just saying they, that they were walking towards the North. I don't think they meant that she was found actually all the way to the very North portion of the building. Right. You know what I'm saying? I agree. Yeah. But I mean, we are speculating, of course. We don't know for a fact, but that's just kind of what we think, and that's 
kind of makes sense. Right. You know? And you remember, I think- you remember a couple of years ago when we were trying to just determine way before any of these um, map like um, diagrams were made of the church, we were trying to figure out mm-hmm. what these rooms were, you know, because we don't, yes. we don't attend, none of us attend Creekside that were right. this case. And we were just trying to figure it out. You, me and Tim to begin with. And I remember I started scouring the, I started going through all of the Facebook posts from the Creekside church of Christ, you know, from the past. And I was scrolled back and scrolled back and I found room 10. And, um, simply because, you know, it, I, I remember when I said, when the perpetrator opens that door and it's one of those doors that has those hinges at the top that you see in commercial buildings, you know, I'm talking about like an arm, it yes. had that on it, and that's where he comes out wearing the, um, on his hat, on his helmet, he has a light, and it's turned on in this sequence. You can really see yes. the flashlight thing on his helmet is is in the on position. It's giving off light, and he comes out of there, and I remember I said in one of the groups years ago, I said, oh, I bet that that's a stairwell, because that's what it looked like you know, with that arm hinge at the top. And then someone jumped in and said, oh no, Creekside's only one story. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's something else. So I had found pictures online and that room 10 is a double wide room with two separate entrances. You know, one of them is where they have all the stuff on this diagram that we've been discussing across from room nine. But then on the other side, equal distance from the end of that side, there's another door. And that is the worship center for the youth group. And they actually have a podium right there in the middle of the two doors where they actually have their own services in there. And um, so anyway, that was kind of interesting to know exactly what that room was that he was coming out of. I guess he just went in there and got bored. I guess he was just waiting for Missy to arrive. We still don't have any information on what exactly why this person was walking around and looking indoors and breaking windows um but anyway and when he came out something else this is just an aside and of course this is strictly opinion but when my husband and I first discovered you know he's bless his heart he's watched this video with me many times the part video and he, <laughs> right. he and I were, were really you know he's gotten into it too finally you know over the years and he was looking at it and he goes we both at the same time realized that they had a helmet light on and my husband has one of those. It's not in a helmet, but it's like this, I don't know, like some kind of headgear and he puts it on to work on the car and stuff. It's hysterical. It always cracks right. me out. The first one I saw him wearing it, I was like, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. But it's funny. And he goes, <laughs> it works. I can have my hands free and have a light on. I was like, okay. But anyway, whenever we saw the perpetrator walking out with that light on, he and I looked at each other at the same time and we went, that's a, that's a male. Because women, I mean, I'm not going to say, and I don't want people to attack me. I'm just saying that for the most part, that's kind of a man thing to have. There's not, I've never known a woman that has a light that you put on your forehead when you work outside. Do you have one? No, I do not. Yeah. And I mean, I just have one on the head. <laughs> right. And I, I'm not saying that there's not any women out there because I'm sure we'll hear from some and absolutely respect that. But what I'm saying is for the vast majority of the people with those, I would say they're mostly male. That's just my opinion. So anyway, that was totally yeah. off off topic but i wanted to mention it while we were on this subject of room 10 yeah that's okay because i sometimes i forget about that because you know it's just in that one piece that you actually see it Mm -hmm. 
Um, and it's kind of weird because when you see the perpetrator from the top, when you're actually looking at them, when they walk out that room and they're going straight across to the other room to break that window, you don't see anything on there. So I don't know if they have it right under, I don't think they have it right underneath because when they were going down that hall and you see the light shine, mm-hmm. it looks to me like it's on top. So I don't know. That, that part's confusing. Right, it is. <laughs> So I don't know about that. And then I also want to point out something else. So if you take this map and just in your mind, and I'm telling our listeners to do this as well, so they can kind of follow what I'm saying, take your hand and just kind of place it like you're going to put it on the church layout and just take it and just turn it to the left Mm -hmm. diagonally until the covered porch area is over here. where kind of where 15 is. Yeah, it's definitely on the property. Yeah. So, Here's the thing that I don't understand, and and maybe you can refresh my memory if I've forgotten something, but I was always under the impression that the perpetrator broke in on that far back, and you can barely see that it says porch, but if you look in the top right, the way the, the layout is right now, where it says women and then men in that top right corner, there's another little tiny porch there, and then there's another one on the back, uh, on the bottom right corner. There's two of them, and they're identical um, in the way that they're set up. But anyway, I was always under the impression that the perpetrator broke in there. So I don't know. It's it's kind of confusing um, that because this. Okay, so if you like, I said if you turn it the way it's supposed to be, this porch area is going to be more visibly seen from the driveway does that make sense yes okay and then and also the kitchen area maybe not as much with the kitchen area as the porch but it's still going to be but this other part back here on the top right that'll actually not be at the top right when you turn it the right way and that's important because the way the church is laid out so you can't see that area at all unless you literally go behind the church even if you're coming up the driveway you don't see anything back there at all. Now, the side part, I can't say that you couldn't because it's actually going to be on the side instead of at the very back once you turn it the right direction. So anyway, I just wanted to point that out that I've always thought that the perpetrator went in there, but maybe I just got it wrong or had it wrong in my head. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Like I was telling you before we aired, um, I get really confused about the church layout for some reason. So I'm glad that you're the one that went over it. There's parts of it I totally understand. There's parts of it I'm just not sure about. So I'm glad that you were the one that explained it for sure. Yeah, it's it's super confusing. And, and that's the part that makes it hard because, you know, typically we think of, of um, you know, places being straight like this, perfectly straight, and it makes perfect sense. But unfortunately, it's not. And the closest part of this building to the road is going to be that covered porch area with the awning where she parked her truck. And so it sits at a caddy corner. So when you're saying north, it's kind of confusing because the north part of the building is actually going to be the caddy corner part. <laughs> so anyway, right. it, it, it's confusing. Right. But anyway, I just wanted to point that out because I was told, you know, I was, I've always, I say told, I've always heard that the perpetrator broke in there. So I don't know. And there were several locations that I think they did break into. So maybe they just did some damage and went on and broke into the kitchen area. Well, we're at about the halfway mark. Did you want to take a quick break? Yes, we can. We will be back and Crystal will be heading up another, um, something else we're going to talk about. So we'll see y'all in a minute. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, hello. Back to True Crime Broads. This is Crystal. And Renee. And yeah. we're back for our next segment. Um, Renee, um, you know, we were going to talk about the DNA in this episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think that you know, I think probably a lot of our listeners may not even be aware that they had apparently found some DNA in the church. Um, we do not know. We The NPD has never released much information about it. They didn't say if they found it on her body or if they found it around there somewhere. I mean, we just don't have any idea. And the really odd thing I thought, Renee, was how NPD mentions it to the public and it's buried in an article in the Waxahachie Daily Light. Now Waxahachie Daily Light is a wonderful publication, but it's not huge. It's not the Dallas Morning News. It's not WFAA.com. It's not, you know, those larger local affiliates um, like, you know, NBC and DFW and all that stuff, Fox Sports, Dallas or whatever it's called. So um, it is in a article in a smaller publication and we found it a few years ago. And actually, the article is about there being a new lead investigator. And we will post this article on our Facebook page um, so that you can check it out for yourself if you haven't seen it. It's from uh, early 2018. And the article is primarily telling about how Sergeant Andy Vaughn is taking over as the lead investigator in the Missy Beavers case. And then if you scroll down or read along, you'll eventually come to just sort of mention it's just kind of strange how it's just sort of almost like an afterthought they're like oh by the way right um, yeah it's really strange there's dna and here's a quote from kevin johnson it says the little bit of physical evidence that we had we actually sent to a private lab we sent it to them specifically because they were involved in that technology and the ability to do that Johnson said, the problem was the quality of the sample we sent was not sufficient. They needed more of a complete profile. And what we had was a partial and mixed profile. Um, so that's really all that's ever been said about DNA as far as I know. Yeah, that and, and it, yeah, like you said, it wasn't like we knew. It was kind of a surprise once you read the article and you were like, uh, what is this about DNA? Yeah. And they, obvi- they obviously didn't want to publicize that because really and truly, how many people are going to read a, the entire article in the Waxahachie Light about the new investigator? You're probably going to skim the first few lines and be done with it. And this, yep. is bur- this is buried pretty deep in the article. And then as soon as he did that quote that I just read, they go right back to talking about an older case in the 80s and blah 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 so they really just sort of buried that information and I don't know if that was an intentional move 
but it would seems like if they had DNA evidence, that just is big news. Um, I guess it's not big news they're thinking because it didn't really amount to anything after they sent it to the lab. Mm-hmm. But you know what? It really gives me hope that if there, it seems like there's just so many cases over the decades that have gotten solved later because DNA technology improved. So, man, I've got my fingers and toes crossed and saying my prayers that that will happen for Missy Beavers and she may finally get justice. I think that, I mean, at this point, I don't know about you, but that's probably about our only hope. It seems like nothing else is that we can tell from the outside looking in. It seems like this is probably going to do it after four long years. Um, Unfortunately, I think we're probably going to have to wait for something drastic like this to happen for DNA technology to improve. Right. I know that um, for anybody listening that may not know, because I know that me and Crystal both looked it up, um, mixed or partial DNA, mixed DNA contains DNA from two or more contributors. And then, of course, partial just means they didn't have enough DNA to come up with a complete profile for someone. So, I mean, that made it doubly hard. You got you got mixed DNA from two or more people and you didn't get very much. So, I mean, that really is sad. And, you know, I was looking up some information on DNA just, just because I'm just curious of how it all works. And I know that the very first case that was ever solved was in 1981. And they did like a mass um, DNA collection, which I did not know that they even did things like that. It was in another country. And they basically was trying to solve this crime and um, had the ability to do this. So they got DNA collected from all these different people, all these different men that fit the profile of, of who they were, thought they were looking for. And they were real upset because it, when it come down to it, they didn't have anybody. And I just found the story interesting, so I wanted to share it with you all. But anyway, so after they, they couldn't believe they, they didn't get anything, well, this person comes to them about a couple weeks later, and he's like, hey, I overheard this guy talking about he paid somebody $200 um, to uh, basically pretend like he's him. So when they did the DNA test on this other person, of course, it didn't come back as this guy because, you know, he's not the one that did it. And so the guy, they told him who it was and they went and did a DNA test on this guy now because he's been caught. And sure enough, it matched the DNA that was found at the scene. And this was like in 1981 mm-hmm. and they tested it in 2019 and the person was um, finally uh, convicted. Interesting. I love those stories. Fun. Yeah. So it was well, interesting. You know what? In this, in this article, um, before they um, quoted that quote I read from Kevin Johnson, it mm-hmm. says the way they lead it, led into that, they said the department also looked at using DNA to help create a composite of the suspect. According to a Brownwood Bulletin article um, published November 9, 2017, DNA analysis was used to create a profile of a suspect's facial skin tone characteristics and the Shantae yep. Blankenship murder investigation. And that, I call it crazy. And that visual profile very closely matched the murderer and led to his arrest shortly after it was returned to the Brownwood police. So that was, um, that was right before the Kevin Johnson quote that I read earlier. So yeah, that's interesting to think that they were trying to put something like that together. And right. also, I, I mean, I guess the most obvious thing you would do with DNA is to put it up against the database and see if that person's already in there, already right. had some criminal activity. 
And I know that a lot of people get really upset whenever you, whenever they talk about um, being able to match it against um, family members that may be an already in an ancestry or uh, 23andMe type database and and match people. And I don't know, I, I guess I'm just not one of those people that really gets upset about that. But a lot of people are like, you know, that's my privacy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like, well, if it helps catch somebody, I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's way more important. Yeah, it's kind of a touchy subject, but I, I mean, I think if it's going to help them catch people, I would rather it contribute to catching them than be worried about my, you know, privacy and something like that. Because I'm actually on Ancestry, and if they said that they were going to go through there and do whatever, which I, from what I understand, when when you first do a test like that, you sign off on it anyway because they have to be able to have permission to use your DNA that you, the sample that you sent them to be able to test it anyway. So it's already kind of, you know, it's just companies do cooperate with the police and some don't. So. Right. And, but I I just feel like they should, (laughs) that's just my opinion though. No, I totally agree. It's for the greater good. Yeah. There, did you know that there's a lot of, um, and I I found this reading uh, a while back, there are a lot of different organizations that actually help solve cold cases. I mean, I know that we've talked about a few, but there's actually quite a few of them. I don't know how, um, I don't know who it is that's supposed to contact them to get them to help with a cold case, but I just, I think that's really neat that they have so many organizations like that that help, you know? Right. No, they sure need some help with this one because it's it's complicated and it has so many different um, parts to it that, I mean, I, I feel like, they, they just need the help. Right. I really think so. But, but yeah, we just kind of wanted to go over that with everybody and kind of give them a visual of, of the church and how things went. And then, you know, talk about the DNA, which a lot of people, there's probably tons of people that know nothing about that. So, well, I'm sure that's the information. I wanted to mention while we're on the topic of the church layout, um, you remember that art that, You know, it was just some late night of some creative Googling, I'm sure. I popped up with this article that I shared with you guys that was actually not even posted. I mean, I'm sorry, it's not an article. It was a post in a discussion group, but ironically, it was not even a true crime group. It was not a Missy Beavers group, but somehow it was a newborn baby website. Um, Remember that? Yeah, a message board thing, and the topic had apparently turned to... I think these women were just sick of talking about newborns and somebody said, Hey, is there a case that, you know, really freaks you out or whatever, and that hasn't been solved or something to that effect. And I'm trying to find it now. I thought I'd send it to you in messenger. Um, I think you did. I'm scrolling and scrolling. Okay, here we go. I found it. <laughs> okay. So this person uses a fake, I mean, you know how some message boards, people have like really weird names and it's obviously not their name. Right. This is radioactive Ravenclaw. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a good one. But it says, um, Missy Beavers, this one stumps me. The person in the video. Okay. So the lady that um, comments, this is March. No, it's not. I'm looking at the wrong thing. Okay. I don't see a date. Sorry. Um, it says, yes, there is more of the video the police aren't releasing. The only way I know about it now, I understand we're getting into gossip here, but I have a reason for bringing this up. I probably wouldn't have, except part of this, we did 
we were able to prove. So I'm kind of thinking it might be worth looking at now. Okay. So she says, yes, there is more of the video the peep that police aren't releasing. The only way I know about this is because my sister is friends with a guy whose wife was good friends with Missy. She was interviewed by police and shown the whole video. Now I know that's ridiculous. That's he said, she said, got it from somebody else. We usually on the podcast try not to, you know, quote things that are that far from the source, but um, part of it checked out from someone close to the source. So I'm going to go ahead and share the next part. She goes on to say, the video shows the killer motion Missy into the sanctuary, which is that worship center right in the middle where Uh there was no camera. Then a few seconds later, Missy runs out of the sanctuary doors with the killer chasing her. The murderer then throws a hammer at her, but that's all you see because everything else is out of view. Missy had never opened for class alone, but the person who was supposed to help set the class up that morning had a flat tire on the way there. And then um, she decided to write some more. Okay, this does have a date on it. She posted this comment under her original post. For some reason, I can't see the date on her original post, but this comment, I assume it was about the same day or maybe the next day. It was May 6th of 2016. She comments also, um, the police uh, also, I'm not sure what this says, also to the PP mentioned the time gap in between finding Missy and calling the cops. Apparently the people who found her tried performing CPR, um, but every time they pushed on her chest the hut that's terrible i'm not going to say that part in case anyone in her family is listening that's very graphic um she was very brutally murdered and i'm not going to say this next part because it's really really graphic um and she basically was just saying i don't know what i would do if i found someone in that condition my sister heard all this from her friend's wife so uh the reason i brought that up is because it kind of goes along with what we've discovered, um, Tim was saying today, we were asking him for clarification, or I was on this, and he said the last place we know the perp was, according to the videos, was the sanctuary, um, the worship center. And this kind of goes along with that, even though we had kind of poo-pooed this as you can't believe everything you see on the internet kind of stuff. But the thing that made me and you want to look at this twice was we had gotten confirmation that one of the early arrivers did indeed get a flat tire on the way to the church that morning. Missy was not supposed to be alone that morning. We talked about this in episode two. Um, So that just was like a massive stroke of luck for the perpetrator that Missy was alone. Um, And, and, and these are, these, these, um, this information that we're getting to our listeners is coming from two completely different sources that don't even, to our knowledge, know yeah. each other. I mean, she read that one thing on that, what was it, newborn group or whatever somebody yeah, had posted. It's, called, it's, called, it's community.babycenter.com. 
Yeah. So it had nothing to do with the other information that came from a whole different person. And it was the exact same information. So that was interesting. And when we were talking about the layout and I was like, oh my gosh, I see right here, this is the last place that the perp was in room nine. And it makes sense because it matches the video. And then you were talking about the information that you're going over now. It's just, it's just crazy. It sure is. It's kind of all fitting together. Right, right. All three of my children at this point have texted me during this podcast. <laughs> I've cut and pasted the same message <laughs> to each of them. I am recording a podcast on my cell phone. We will talk later. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Radars. Mom is busy. Let me talk. Well, hey, we had to start recording all over again because your daughter called. That was hysterical. We did. Oh yeah, she Kids sure did. know when we're unavailable. And that's oh, when they count. <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, doing a podcast? Let me exactly. <laughs> it's like they know. But anyway, um, yeah, two of mine are out of town, which makes it even funnier. But um, all right. Hi. So uh, did we cover everything we wanted to cover? I think so. I mean, I, you know, for everybody listening, I just, it, it's really good information, in my opinion, because it, I mean, as much as I have researched this case and read every document that you mm-hmm. can imagine, feel like you learn new things and I just feel like this was a new thing sort of I guess not really new but kind of putting it all together and visually seeing it that's why so whenever you listen to this I hope you've already gotten out the the uh, layout of the church that we're going to post on Facebook and Instagram and look over it and then of course you can kind of put in where Crystal is talking about um, that the purpose lasting going in the worship center at the room nine and then Missy is going to be entering here into the covered porch and going in the front so it just kind of all fits together I mean it's just a horrible thing but we're just trying to piece the, things together and, and hopefully get this information out there and maybe hopefully um, some investigative reporters will touch on it and actually try to dig some stuff up and maybe you know get this out there so that Justice can be served. Yeah, you did a great job on the layout of the church. Thank you for doing that. That's definitely not my thing. And yeah, we would really love it if some investigative, actual real investigative reporters would roll up their sleeves and look into this and ask the questions that, I mean, we're amateur podcasters, but we've certainly done a lot of research and um, we don't have the credentials to call Midlothian police or anybody else involved in this case and ask questions. We're just simply, you know, that's not what we do um so not that i wouldn't mind not that i would We're mind but do their job. <laughs> i think they'll probably hang up on exactly it. <laughs> yeah we, we, would, we would definitely be willing to help if we could if they wanted us to yeah but, exactly <laughs> but we will i know them. i would um, love to so i would love to be able to ask questions and find out more information but you know I, we've said it before and i'll say it again midlothian has been incredibly tight-lipped we do not know her cause of death what weapon was used and it, they've been they've done a remarkable job of keeping this quiet. There have been almost no leaks. I mean, coming from MPD anyway, it's pretty impre- it's pretty yeah. impressive. And on one hand, on one hand, I understand why they do that, and on the other, it it always confuses me because I just don't see somebody coming and going. Oh no, it wasn't this. It was this, and you know, like oh, you're busted. Right. So I don't really. It confuses me. Does it confuse it totally you? Confuses me. And and also, you and I have discussed many times. <laughs> why didn't they tell the public about the small dark SUV scene leaving the 
scene of the crime, I would think that the public needs to know about that almost more than the Ultima because it was actually at the scene. And yeah. you would think that if um, word could get out quickly on that, um, I don't know. I just don't know. You know, like I know someone who was acting weird and they disappeared in the night and they were a mess the next day and they're acting nervous yeah. and they drive a small dark SUV. Wouldn't the public, I mean, if you knew someone like that, that's important. Yeah. That should be questioned probably. Exactly. Yeah. And that was kind of, that was kind of um, talked about like way later and it wasn't even like officially, it was just kind of like you said, just, you know, like, Oh, by the way, we're the ones uh, actually (laughs) Tim ordered the document and we found that it was in the probable cause section of that um, search warrant affidavit um, from December, 2016. So they don't think they ever told the public about it. We found it, but they never said small dark SUV. The HLN show didn't even discuss it. Did they? I don't think they did. I don't think so. I I know they mentioned um, at one point, and, and you're really good at remembering uh, where, because I, I don't remember this, but I remember they mentioned some point you could see a car in the distance, but we couldn't see enough to even begin oh, to yeah. tell you anything That was at the beginning, and I think it was Kevin Johnson, perhaps, yeah. that said, we're not yeah. even comfortable mm-hmm. trying to guess a major yeah. model. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think they ever showed anything. I think it was just no. Them there were some us, misconceptions. So. I think that that was shown in a picture, but I don't believe it was. If it was, we have not been able to locate it. If any of our listeners saw any pictures to go along with those comments at the very beginning of this case back in April of 2016, please share it with us. Absolutely, and and we don't. We try really hard to get our information um, as correct, you know, correct as possible, and we try to tell everybody when we're just speculating or if it's something we've heard. So if you have any questions or anything, you can always send us a, an email, and it's going to be at truecrimebroads at yahoo.com. Perfect. And send us your questions or information, you know, anything, maybe something you want us to talk about. Just feel free to send it to us, or you can always comment on one of our posts on Facebook as well. Right, right, or Instagram shoot us a message yep we're true crime broads on instagram as well yep um if you have any information about the um murder of misty beavers or any tips that you want to call in the number is going to be 972-937-7297 or 972-937-PAYS p-a-y-s or you can um share information anonymously with police by simply texting m-i-d-l and their message to 847-411 or TIP-411. So they have a lot of different uh, ways for you to send information anonymously to them. So if you have any information, please do so. And they also say you can call the Midlothian Police Department at 972-775-7624. Or you can um, stop by if you're local. And it's at 1150 U.S. Highway 67 in Midlothian. And then I believe you already gave this phone number. The Crime Stoppers of Ellis County says in this article, the one that I was quoting from earlier with the DNA in it, um, at the bottom it says mm-hmm. Crime Stoppers pays cash for tips that help lead to an arrest. Stop Crime Stoppers of Ellis County is 972-937-7297. And I sure hope somebody calls in a tip that can lead to this killer. This mm-hmm. has been going on. I cannot believe we're at the four-year mark. I can't either. I, I, like I said before, I just hope that they don't come out with a bunch of um, articles that everybody gets excited about thinking they're going to have something that's going to, you know, um, have somebody, a suspect in mind with, it's just a repeat of everything we right, already know. Right. I know their anniversary is coming up and it will be in the spotlight, which is wonderful, but 
I just really hope that that jogs someone's memory, jars someone into action, makes them realize that something that they they know, even though it doesn't seem important, I bet, you know, go ahead and report it anyway. Even if, even if you aren't 100% sure it's helpful, it's better to report it and have it not be helpful than to keep something to yourself that could have helped solve the case. So please call in anything you might know about anyone involved in this case. Absolutely. Um, so we will be doing um, uh, our next episode. It'll probably be next week at some point, but we need something. Uh, we want to know what everybody wants to any questions or what want to talk about. So please also let us know that because um, we've been coming up with different things to talk about and things that we think people are interested in, but we want to hear from you. So please let us know on our Facebook page or Instagram again, what some things that you would like to, for us to uh, research or, you know, check out. Sounds great. Yes. We would love that. All right. Well, we appreciate everybody Thanks listening. For listening to True Crime and, Rods. Um, we will see you in less than a week. <laughs> Talk to you later. Bye.